0: You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, Episode 37. Welcome to Star Coaches,
1: the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources, whatever your focus or niche. Take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rentschler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential.
0: Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach and coach educator I just really appreciate you being here with us today. We've got a great show for you, but I want to actually start with a shout out to all the dads out there. I'm taping this intro on Father's Day. So even though I know you won't be listening to the show on Father's Day, I do want to let you know how very much you are all appreciated. I appreciate all the dads in my life, and miss my dad, appreciate my husband and what a great dad he is to our kids, and I've got a wonderful father-in-law. So I just think dads need a shout out, and we appreciate you, enjoy being appreciated and loved, and thanks for all that you do. Now. In today's show, we're going to focus on something that we do on a regular basis with our clients and and that is provide them feedback. You know, as coaches, we want to help our clients increase their awareness of how they impact others, how they're functioning within their environments, what's working for them, and maybe what are some of the things that are getting in the way. And what are some potential solutions for that? One of the ways that feedback might come is through a 360 process where people within the organizational structure, above, beside, and below our clients, share their perceptions of what it's like to interact and work with our clients and, and give them feedback about how they're impacting the people in their environment. Now we have something new today. We've got actually two guests on our show. So we have an interview with two superstars who saw an opportunity to improve upon the 360 process And for them, that improvement was to focus on the concepts from positive psychology, appreciative inquiry, solution and strength focused theories, as well as human systems of support to create a process of obtaining and sharing feedback with clients in a way that will hopefully maximize that impact and the positive results. Heat bearage and Jen Ostrich are the co-founders of the Shift Positive 360 approach. So a little bit about Pete and Jen. Pete is an accomplished coach and a facilitator who utilizes the science of positive psychology with executive coaching to help individuals, teams, and organizations be more engaged, effective, and productive. Pete is one of 300 people in the world with a Master of Applied Positive Psychology from the University of Pennsylvania. And Jen came into the field of coaching first from the field of advertising. In her practice, she works primarily with leaders in creative communities, such as advertising, marketing, and technology and she's passionate about helping leaders craft their own leadership brand and then living and leading a life that's authentic to who they truly are. Pete and Jen became certified coaches through the Hudson Institute of Santa Barbara, and they share their process with us today of Narrative 360. Let's go to our interview. Okay, I want to welcome Jen and Pete to the show today. They are here to share with us about 360 instrument that they've created, which right there, I'm so excited that I'm meeting with the authors of the instrument. Let's start with maybe each of you sharing a little bit about what's brought you into coaching and then what. Implemented you beginning this instrument. So let's start with ladies first. What do you say? Jen, can you tell us a little bit about what brought you into coaching and ultimately then led to creating this instrument?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, first, thanks, Meg, for having us on. We're really excited. It was great to meet you a couple months ago and thrilled to be here now, participating in your awesome podcast. Let's see what brought me to coaching. So I spent the first part of my career in marketing and advertising, and after A long while, as I grew more and more senior in that role, I kind of yearned for more of the desire to work with individuals in their career paths and and kind of fell out of love with the actual making of the ads. So that's what kind of caused me to step back and pause and say, is there something I could be doing more full-time around this? And that's what led me to explore what coaching is. So about five and a half years ago, I got certified through the Hudson Institute and then launched out on my own business. And shortly thereafter, through the Hudson community is, is where I met my partner, Pete. And then that's what led to my second business, which we'll be talking about in a minute. So yeah. Awesome. Quick snippet on that. Yes. And Pete?
1: Well, for me, I got into coaching because I had a career in human resources for about 20 years. And in that role, I brought in coaches to work with our leaders and saw the effectiveness of that. I eventually worked with a coach myself and found it just to be transformative in my own development as a leader in an organization and being at the executive table. And so... It was one of the things that I wanted to learn to do. And so I went to the Hudson Institute in 2006, got my coaching certification, came back and coached internally, and then in 2007, left and started my own practice and have been coaching ever since.
0: That is great. And then you two met. Were you in the same cohort at Hudson Institute? or
2: No, We I went through, Pete was 2006, you said? Yeah, I went through 2011. And then I think it was 2013, um, there was an opportunity every year, Hudson has an annual learning conference. So we both went back to Santa Barbara for that. It's usually in April. And there was an opportunity that year for some of the coaches to actually put on some of the content. And if you had an idea, you could pitch it in advance and try and get one of the slots, one of the coveted slots to do a workshop and invite your colleagues in. And so Pete, got one of those slots to do positive psychology and talk about that subject. And I talked about how to create a brand and brand yourself as a coach. since in the beginning of my launching out, that was a lot of what I did to help kind of fill in the gaps while I was still making myself known as a coach, given that that was my background. So there was a little mixer for the VIP mixer for the speakers. And we, I think, sat next to each other at dinner or something. And we kind of instantly hit it off. And that sort of began our our journey together.
1: And since we were both presenting at the same time, what we decided to do is have breakfast together the next day because we couldn't see each other's content and, and then just share that with each other. And so we had this great breakfast and went through each other's stuff. And it wasn't long after that when Jen was going to be doing a 360 and she called me up and she said, hey, do you have anything that works with positive psychology? I'm going to be doing this 360. And so I started to share with her what I had been uh, begun working on. And Jen was a person who really took that to heart, had great success with it right away. And over the years, then we kept in touch and decided then to refine it, make it better and so forth. And so that led to us eventually starting the company.
0: Excellent. So what was it about wanting to create an instrument? There's a lot of instruments already out there. What was it that led you to to the energy and the focus that goes into making something your own. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I'll start here, Jen. In being a coach, there are many, many different instruments that I've used and doing it as an adjunct coach, using other organizations, instruments, going through certification and starting to use instruments, or even back in as a human resources leader in designing and buying or using different instruments. And what you end up finding out is that you find yourself as a coach saying a lot of the same things to prepare your client for what is going to be oftentimes tough stuff. There's always, it's filled with stuff that people love about the individual, but then there's always those things that take them aback, that hit them in the brain stem, that fire off that negativity bias, and that they get stuck on. And they're trying to figure out who said what, what's the context, I don't understand this, what do they really mean, how big is this deal? And sometimes they're actually used in really poor ways, where people are literally using it as a confidential way to take a jab at another person. So if you've been a coach and you've tried to prepare your client to receive that by saying, remember... Feedback is a gift. You only get it so many times in your executive career. So be open and make sure that we take a look at the strengths and so forth. Mm -hmm. That preparation that we're going through is telling us there's something that makes this hard. And as a person who's helped to design those systems, that wasn't the intention. Mm -hmm. Pre-60s are really intended to be great developmental tools. We do that because we want people to learn and grow and to enjoy their work. But instead, it ended up, it found that they were being used to really kind of uh, bludgeon people oftentimes. And so it was through those experiences. And then another thing that uh, really led this impetus to change was my exposure to positive psychology. So in 2010 and 2011, I went to the University of Pennsylvania, to learn under Marty Seligman and get a master's degree in applied positive psychology.
0: Which, by the way, I have to stop right there and just give you incredible acclamation for that because that is a really hard program to get into. As a matter of fact, one of our recent guests was is one of your few MAPP master's Masters students as well. I don't know if you know Caroline Miller, but she just recently did a podcast for us as well and really powerful stuff. And just want to give you, that's an incredible master's to have.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's a wonderful program. And it just changed the perspective. It changed the perspective and made step back and say, what is this tool? What is it intended to do? And what is it really doing? And how can we modify that? And working with David Cooper writer and understanding appreciative inquiry, he was one of our instructors as well. Mm -hmm. How can we bring that appreciative inquiry into 360 process? So started to mess around with that, started to make changes, created an appreciative sort of interview tool, and found that that was really changing the way in which my clients were experiencing feedback for the first time.
0: Excellent. So Jen, tell us a little bit more about what's different about the shift through positive 360?
2: Sure. So as Pete just explained, you know, that that is behind it and and kind of the grounding methodology that informed it was largely positive psychology based. So a lot of the key principles that he started to mention, appreciative inquiry, strength-focused coaching, solution-focused coaching, that sort of thing. They're so certainly grounded and and supported and backed by positive psychology. And there's another component that, that we sort of, Pete had built into the interview guide. And then as we kind of, Did more of our own research around it, we kind of realized it's actually equally compelling component to it as well, which is this idea of of human systems or creating a system of support around the coachee as they're moving through change. And so, what we know from research is simply, and what we all know as human beings and individuals, coaches or otherwise, is that you know it's very difficult to move through change by yourself, if not impossible. That we just simply don't create change alone. And so when we think about how to go inside an organization and work with a coachee as a, as a coach and think about that system that he or she lives within, you know, we meet with them maybe once or twice a month, but the people that are around them are with them every day. So how do we help create and build a system that can get maintained as that coachee is moving through some of their own changes that they're trying to test themselves with? So the two kind of core components to this approach are positive psychology and this idea of system support or human systems. And together, we believe that is a unique combination because we haven't seen anything in the marketplace that quite touches upon each of those things independently and certainly not combined. And a lot of the feedback we've gotten so far from the 30 plus coaches that we've certified in this past year is, is that very same thing that maybe they have a narrative 360 approach already, but it's certainly not backed and supported by some of these key principles of positive psychology. And oftentimes, folks are overlooking this idea of the criticalness of the system and how they can support the leader in, in change.
0: Excellent. If I were going in to use this assessment with my client, what would that look like? What would happen?
1: So it's actually a narrative 360 tool. So it would replace the type of narrative interview that you do now. And what we're doing is having the client to pick those individuals for whom they are important to those people's success and those individuals for whom are important to our client's success. We want them to pick people who are going to be important in their life, in their work life, and sometimes even in their personal life. So it's not uncommon to actually choose individuals that might be from uh, their personal life or a customer or somebody like that. Mm -hmm. But then we're going to be setting up interviews with those individuals and preparing them to offer that feedback for our client. And what we're doing is finding out about what it is that those individuals are trying to achieve, what are their goals. And so one of the first questions that people ask is, well, this interview seems to be a lot about me. And it's like, well, yeah, it is actually. You're very important to uh, the client's progress and goals. And so what is it that you're trying to achieve? And then what do you need to stay focused on to make that happen? And why then is my client important to that success? Because oftentimes we know kind of our own job descriptions, but we don't always know what other people really expect of us. And so we want to go further into that. We also mm-hmm. want to know then about what is it that you love about the client? What are their greatest strengths? And we never ask about weaknesses. And that's one of the critical parts of this is that, frankly, we don't care about a person's weaknesses. It's not that it's not interesting information or even even helpful information. It's just that it's insufficient information. If you stop there and you say, you know, this person needs to work on communication or they need to work on relationships, that's just too big. It's too hard for the client to really understand, well, what does that really mean? And frankly, even if the person worked on that and started to make changes, the people around them wouldn't see it because they haven't gone through the trouble of trying to realize in their own mind's eye what it would look like if it were even better. So we drive toward what to do, what would make the person even more effective. And we gather that because otherwise, our client will be struggling to understand what can they do and the people around them won't even see it when it starts to happen because they haven't gone through the, the process of identifying in their own mind's eye what it would look like if they were to see it in your client. Okay. So that's a bit about it.
0: So you're yeah, focusing
2: so- on the strengths. Go ahead, Jen. Well, I was just going to say, so it always helps when we give an example. So Meg, if I was interviewing you about Pete, Mm -hmm. and you were telling me that you felt Pete could work on his communication skills, not using this as a timely or topical uh, example (laughs) at all. This is our go-to example. And I I wouldn't capture that because to Pete's point, that's too broad and not enough. But maybe you would even elaborate and say, you know, I'd say, you know, what do you mean exactly by communication skills, orally written, whatever? And maybe you'd say, you know, I think in in meetings, he talks too much. He's too direct. People are put off by Him. Even that is starting to get more specific, but it's still not enough because it's not helping Pete to understand what he needs to do instead. Obviously, if it was as easy as telling somebody you're annoying people in meetings and putting them off and talking too much and we could change, we'd all be walking around as more perfect versions of ourselves, right? So instead, I would want to say, well, what what do you need Pete to be doing in the meeting instead? If Pete was showing up in those meetings the way you need him to be, what would that look like? And then that opens up the door for the person to suggest some actual solutions to say, you know, well, maybe Pete just needs to come in and sometimes focus on listening? Or what if Pete actually acted more like a facilitator? Or he could ask and engage the group with questions. So it's not that we don't want him to talk. He adds value, but we don't want him to dominate the meeting and, and make others shut down. So now as his coach, I can go back and go over those things with Pete. And one, that's far more, feels far better to receive that information because it feels productive and solution focused and it's a focus on what he can practice. And two, it, give, it starts to lay the groundwork out for us and his development plan for us to say, okay, so what, what things resonate for you here? How, do you, how can you show up to this next meeting differently? What's one thing you can try? from maybe some of these suggestions or maybe something we even, he comes up with on his own. But the point is, is, if he's doing any of those things instead of talking too much, then he's already working on what the, what the feedback was. So if he tries any of those suggestions, he's automatically talking less by listening more or by asking questions or by et cetera. So is that helpful? Is that,
0: is that Yeah, that is helpful. Yeah. So in that, if, even because my assumption would be that people might be willing to share weaknesses, whether you're asking for them or not, you mm-hmm. within that narrative are turning that around to what would you want instead or what would that look like if he were showing up the way that it would be productive and exactly. and you are sharing that information with your client in a way to build towards solution, to build towards positive action. And that's
1: really one of the key competencies of the coach in being able to do this well, is that ability to sit in that uncomfort and to help that person go through the process of reframing, Mm -hmm. to get to something constructive and that's then something that your client can look at, and they're not going to have as much of a, a natural negativity bias reaction, but instead are going to become more curious about what would that look like, and what context could I do that? Mm-hmm. And It becomes just so much more engaging for the client, positive for the client, but there really is a shift that the that the coach needs to go through to be able to be comfortable in that place when the weaknesses come up, or when the challenges come up, and to help the person work through that. So, Coaching is not just about gathering information about our client. Coaching, in our perspective here, is actually that willingness to go out and nudge the system. It's about working on behalf of our client to actually get other people to come around to become allies for our client. hmm And that's a different kind of role that we see ourselves in as coaches in using this tool.
0: What came up for me, I'm sorry, Jen, but real quick, when you were saying that, Pete, what came up for me is in a way you're coaching each of those people you're doing the narrative with as well. To help them get or at least have an experience of how to work through from the focus on the negative to a solution-focused kind of result from that. So you're touching each of those people that you're interviewing as well to help them maybe shift perspective. Exactly. I.e., the name Shift, FYI.
2: Anyway, go ahead, Jen. And thank you for for connecting that dot for us. No, and to Pete's point, you know, and going back to kind of the roots of, of the Shift Positive 360, you know, positive psychology is a mindset and it's a very different lens or vantage point than what we're used to looking at things through. We're used to thinking about problem solving. We're used to being in a role and, to, and being rewarded for seeking out a problem and fixing it. And this is a different approach. So to Pete's point, you know, it's important that that starts with the coach. Mm-hmm. And you know, so to the point of you know, we've had very seasoned coaches come through our training and realize that they have some unlearning to do to really embrace this idea of positive psychology. And they themselves have some work to do to even go naturally to the place of of solution-focused and to hang there and wait and reframe and make sure you're getting the information that you need and advocating for your client. Because it's so easy. People can have the best of intentions, but they'll wind up down that negative rabbit hole before you know it. They'll be back to telling you about all the things that are wrong because that's just what's easier or more natural for them to say. And if you're not there with them in that moment as coach, you can easily wind up there mm-hmm. writing down all the things that are all of a sudden not productive. So yeah, and then and then we've also seen new, newer coaches experience that same sense of, wow, this is a, a new way to think about things. But one of my favorite pieces of feedback from the workshop, the training we just did a couple weeks ago was, this is so much bigger bigger than a a 360. It's really a framework for change. And that was really not just a great compliment to Pete and I, but really true from the sense that this idea of creating and nudging allies throughout the process, we really are trying to set our client or the leader inside the system up for success by starting from The beginning and creating that right, we call it the people system, that group of people around the client all the way through to when we exit as coach, there's still that level of support inside the system, inside the organization that's helping that person continue to change.
1: Yeah, because as coaches, we're going to be there seeing the client every couple of weeks, and we're going to be working on their goals. And as Jen said earlier, those individuals are the ones, their human system that are seeing them every day, have the opportunity to give them the positive nudges, feedback, the smile, the the, uh, short conversation after a meeting, and so forth. And then the coach leaves. Mm-hmm. And so how are we creating that accountability between them and the, their peers and their boss and their, and their staff rather than it being dependent upon the, on the coach? we should be able to fade out and that that human system should still be supporting them in their professional development.
0: Because that's what sustainability is all about. And, exactly, And yes. the continued learning and grow and the ripple effect. I'm all about the ripple effect. So mm-hmm. that's really powerful. There are some other things that are different about your tool than other traditional 360s. And one of those mm-hmm. is that the feedback is not necessarily, necessarily confidential to the reader. Can you talk a right. little bit about how that process works.
1: Yeah, we're pretty direct with everybody that we interview to say, do not consider this to be confidential. It's not. We're simply taking notes on uh, during the interviews, and those notes are shared with the client. So they're going to read what it is that you, if you were being interviewed, have to say. And But don't let that hold you back, because I'm never going to ask you about what they are not good at. Instead, we're going to work until we can come up with what is constructive, what would you want to see, and what is it that you're willing to do to help them before those responses go down. And that's what they're going to be seeing. And the first time they read through, we're going to take the names off of those comments, those notes. So the first time they read through, they are the first time that they read through, they're not going to know who said what they're going to be able to see more of the content, what's similar and different from one person to the next. Mm -hmm. The second or third time through, they're going to be able to figure that out just based on the language that's being used, how well you know each other and so forth. So that's how we set up that confidentiality piece, and everybody goes into it knowing that it's not going to be confidential. In fact, we want it to be that way because one of the design flaws in 360s is that they are confidential because you lose very, very important stuff. You lose context. You don't know how something was intended. You also Mm -hmm. lose intent. It's tougher Mm -hmm. to know the intent behind a comment if you don't have a little bit more language around that. We want the client to know that. And you need to be able to put it into the context of who's saying what, what circumstance, because you might be a great communicator in this circumstance, but you might struggle in this circumstance. That's an important contextual piece that we want to bring to life with this.
2: Yeah. And finally, you know, ultimately, we do want them to know who's saying what, because in the end, these people are their allies and Mm -hmm. we're wanting them to go back to each one of those people. And we actually ask them in the interview to each interviewee, so going back to our example, Meg, I would say to you, you know, what's one thing you can do differently? Or how can you support Pete in this suggestion you have for him showing up into meetings differently? You know, can you be the one that gives him that, that nod across the room when he asks a question? Or can you Reinforce that, or can you even prep him before a meeting and say, Hey, do you have a couple good questions for the group? You know, how can you support the change he's looking to make? So, if he doesn't know where that feedback's coming from or who was looking for what from him, it's going to be that much harder for him to, to kind of stick to it, too.
0: Right. And building the community. You're building the community by building those alliances. Exactly. That's really powerful. So tell, let's, let's spend just a couple minutes talking about what the process is if to, to become certified in the your instrument
2: sure so we are offering a two-day training that's a coach certification training and that is a robust couple of days that's you know two full days and complete with lots of interactions we call we call it interactive experiential type learning so it's live role plays between Pete and I it's role plays with the audience it's you getting in pairs and doing a lot of the breakouts practicing the questions experiencing some of the shifts that we're talking about. Day one is a heavy focus on the method, the methodology behind it, the research, the positive psychology and the human systems, the, the pillars that support why the questions are what they are and why the interview is in the order that it's in. And day two is kind of a, a focus on the method and how to approach it. The A to Z of how to conduct this all the way from the beginning of how do you help your client select who should be interviewed all the way through to the end how do you continue to engage that that people system around the client as you're wrapping up the coaching engagement and of course everything in between the actual interview going over the results so day 2 is a lot more practice on the participants part so you'll do a full interview and you'll also go through some samples of a debrief session and how to review the results and we have our own methodology for how we suggest doing that so a really great couple of days and our goal is to have you leave not just feeling grounded in positive psychology and the research behind system support and why that's important but also really feel like you're ready to do go out and do your first shift positive 360 interview feel like you've had enough practice in the in the couple of days to do so
1: We also then become part of our community of certified coaches. So we've got a very vibrant group that is learning from each other, developing and growing. And as Jen said, we want you ready to use this from the moment that you leave. And with that then, even the cost of it is something that you pay to go through the certification so that you can ready yourself to be able to do this. But there is no ongoing cost to using it. Which
0: is huge. It really is huge. And once somebody's certified, they're certified. Yep.
2: Okay. yep. Yep. And we'll, we have a Google Plus community. So we'll keep you updated. If we make changes to any of the templates or anything like that, we'll, we'll keep everyone connected that way. And then certainly we invite the community to connect. So we've been, we've been having you know, some coaches that have recently gone through be sharing some wins or some experiences that they've had as they've recently been out in the world using it for the first time. A couple areas where people have gotten stuck or has this ever happened or what do you do with this? So Pete and I'll chime in and, and direct them we also offer complimentary hours, part of what you pay for, for the training as a follow-up with either Pete or I. So you can choose that as you're prepping for your first one. After your first one, you can do it as kind of a tape review. If you want to say, here, I recorded myself. How did I do? You know, whatever feels the most helpful. And then of course, we're available beyond that if if needed. But really... I think most, it's like anything, practice, right? So I think everybody certainly feels prepped. One of the testimonials we got just last week said, you know, I've never felt more prepared than any training and I've been certified in several things that this was very thorough. And then at the same time, you know, now I'm just eager to get out and do it and really feel like I can, you know, take off the training wheels, so to speak. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, once you're certified, you're certified and, and we're excited to have this community continue to grow in terms of how they can leverage each other.
1: And it's, inter- it's really neat to see how they're using each other because people have asked, well, can I do an entire team? You know, because that's maybe a lot of interviews for each member of the team and so forth. And they've, you know, what they've done is reached out to the community to find other certified coaches to come in and do it with them. So they're able to do that efficiently. And that's really kind of cool to be able to see them relying on each other and actually hiring each other to work with their clients.
0: Awesome. So that's a great Feedback about how it's landing on your the coaches that are learning, how is the shift positive three sixty landing on clients and and organizations how's it being received
2: yeah I think. Yeah, great. I mean, I think we both have countless examples. I'll share just two of my quick soundbites, and I'm sure Pete has the same. But I've got one client that says that she reads it before she goes to bed at night because it literally makes her feel that good. So if she's had a rough day, she comes home and reads her, her shift positive 60 report, which just makes me smile because I don't know any person that reads their feedback report before they go to bed. Another client was eager to took her, her husband through the entire thing over dinner. So in terms of an experience of receiving the feedback, another client petrified and then just went running through the halls saying this was the best feedback experience ever and wants everyone in the company to do one, you know. And then in terms of how it set set the the client up for change, I think equally successful. And we have a lot of follow through metrics and ways to kind of measure that and probably not too much to get into today. But but we have a follow up survey and some things that we do at the end of the coaching to try and show make that case for what the difference is that the system has seen in the coaching, you know, through, throughout this time, um, which has proven um, to make some great case studies for us. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
1: And I mean, just as a telltale, you know, it's not uncommon for people at the close of the interview, um, the people that I'm interviewing, to say, I've never, where did this come from? How did he get one of these? How do I get one of these? Or how did she get one of these? And it's actually led to part of my identity as a coach. In fact, it's why I end up getting a lot of the clients that I do, because it is something that is going to engage people beyond the client. It's going to be a positive experience and it's going to set them up for success. And about 20% of the clients that I have were people that I interviewed as part of somebody else's 360. And at the close, they were the ones saying, you know, how do I get one of these? I've never had something like this. So even from the interviewee standpoint, mm-hmm. it's very, very different. And it's it's been seen very, very positively within organizations.
0: So it's one of those, it's being good at doing a shift positive 360 actually brings in more business for you and, and creates part of that brand.
2: Yes. yes. Of who you
0: are. For sure. Excellent. Thank you both for taking the time this morning to share your journeys as coaches as well as your innovation in saying, gosh, this is needed and let's create something that's needed and to fill a space in the coaching world because I believe that as coaches, we're out there, trying to make the world a better place. I mean, that might sound like Pollyanna, but it's it's you know one person at a time, one company at a time, and this focus is such an incredibly important focus. So, thank you for sharing with us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having thank us. You
0: have a great day.
2: Thanks. You, you too. too.
0: I think it is so interesting to hear how. People can see where there is a missing link for them or a space that can be filled with a new idea and a creative solution. And that's just what Jen and Pete did with the Shift Positive 360 and creating a process that brings this additional value to their clients. If you'd like to know more about the Shift Positive 360 or about our show, visit the resource page at starcoachshow.com and you'll have links to resources from Jen and Pete and be able to get a hold of their website and learn more about the trainings that they have for certification for the Shift Positive 360. While you're on the site, be sure that you sign up for our book giveaway. Last week, Dr. Gardner was giving five books away. And my guess is that many of you thought that those five books were already snapped up, but we have a couple left. So all you have to do is go to starcoachshow.com, go to the contact page and send me a quick note that you want to be one of the five winners for her book. And we'll get that book sent out to you, Divine Intelligence. So don't delay. Surprisingly, we have books left so you can grab one right away, as well as we're still taking people who might want to be coached on the show in the divine intelligence process. So just drop me your name, your contact information and what you would like to be coached on. And you could be coached for free on the show by Dr. Jane Gardner. I am super excited about the elements that are coming together on the membership site. So don't think that I've forgotten about that. That's coming down the pike soon. I hope that you have a fabulous week. Until next week, this is Meg Renschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success.